All right, gang, welcome. We have a terrific guest today. We're going to talk about what it takes to build a profitable online business. You know, a lot of people talk about making money online and building a business and marketing and content, and maybe they're doing it, maybe they're not. Today, we have somebody who's really doing it. She's been at it for 12 years, and she's got a thriving business, and I can't wait to talk to her. So, I think you're going to like this. Let's start the show. Hey, gang, welcome to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we talk about all things live streaming, content creation, podcasting, and of course, keep you up to date on everything going on with StreamYard and the live streaming industry and I'm thrilled to tell you that we've been doing this show now for a year. This is actually the one-year anniversary of the show. It's the end of our third season. And on top of that, some great news is we just renewed with StreamYard for another season. So right starting next week, we're going to get into season four and start right up. We've already got some great guests that we're lining up. Dave Jackson, Hall of Fame podcaster, is going to be joining us as his new book comes out at the end of September. And uh, definitely stay tuned. You're going to see some new wrinkles, some new things coming along with the show and some some new topics and panels. Uh, We had a popular panel last month, and we're going to do more of those uh, in the future. Uh, Today, we're going to talk to Kim Doyle. She's the author of the Content Creators Planner, the Kim Doyle Show podcast. She's, I mean, a special occasion deserves a special guest, and she is the real deal, a tremendous entrepreneur and content creator and somebody who understands pretty much all aspects of online marketing and in particular, those key things you need to do in order to be successful online. So in just about 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to get to Kim Doyle. Again, I'm Ross Bram. This is StreamYard Connect. Thank you for being a part of the show today and for making this a successful show over the past year as we look forward next week and beyond, jumping into year two, season four of StreamYard Connect. And if you are new to StreamYard, StreamYard is an easy-to-use, stable, and professional-looking solution for live streaming. Um, I use it for just about everything I do online when it comes to live streaming. It makes it so easy to bring on a guest with just a link. You can stream in 1080p to those platforms that accept 1080p, which is full high-definition video. You get you can get a recording in 1080p as well, even if the defin, even if the platform, that's it. Even if the platform like Facebook uh, doesn't accept at this point from most of its users. 1080p. You can use green screens. So much you can do with StreamYard. Uh, If you haven't tried it yet, do give it a try. You can sign up at LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, and get a 14-day trial of the basic paid plan and see what those features are like. You can 
play around with overlays and you can go live uh, as much as you want over those 14 days and see if it's the right tool for you. Uh, StreamYard, uh, you should know, goes to Facebook Live. It goes to LinkedIn Live. It goes to YouTube. We're going to be doing more stuff on YouTube in the coming months, both myself and StreamYard. Uh, Periscope, which gets you on Twitter, your Twitch channel. And if that isn't enough, RTMP is available. You can use a custom RTMP with a stream key and a RTMP URL. It's just basically two lines of information that you enter into StreamYard that you get from the destination site if you're streaming to a destination in addition to or instead of one of these five destinations that you see the logos for up on the screen. So you just enter that information, you connect to that destination. I use RTMP when I go live on Amazon Live. Very effective and easy way to connect to a destination that doesn't right now have built-in integration with StreamYard. And then I can take advantage of all the StreamYard features, uh, particularly on Amazon Live. I take advantage of the screen share feature so that I can show off the products that I'm talking about and hope to interest people in the products that I love using. And speaking of products that I love using, we're talking about StreamYard. Again, if you haven't signed up for StreamYard yet, give it a shot. Livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard. Livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard. Let's take a look at what's going on in the industry. I found an interesting story on CNN.com about a small business owner in Macon, Georgia, who hit by the pandemic was unable to have the customer traffic into her small boutique that she opened up in 2014. She had been in the nursing business for 30 plus years, opened up a small boutique and, you know, she faced what a lot of small businesses face during, during this time, which is a hard time making sales when you can't get customers to come into the store. So what did she end up doing? Well, um, the owner's name is Virginia and her, her, her boutique is Damari's unique boutique. Uh, it's Virginia Sharp and it's Damari's unique boutique. And she started live streaming and she started doing fashion shows and she showed off herself wearing the clothing that she sells, the jewelry that she sells, the accessories that she sells, and business took off. It actually transformed her business, and she's having a level of success she never would have expected. So it's a powerful thing what live streaming and being comfortable selling on live streaming can do if you're in business, especially in a time where some of the other ways, particularly the face-to-face -face ways we've done business, have not uh, been able to be too fruitful at this time where we have to social distance. So I, I thought it was a great story, and it's, it's another way of showing, again, what live streaming can do and the potential of using it for sales. Also, they're launching in three people from Arkansas, located in Arkansas, are launching what they're calling the first interactive political live stream network. Now, I haven't 
been able to fact check this, whether they're correct or not. But nonetheless, uh, the idea that they're using live streaming and they're making it interactive, they're covering politics. They're starting off with covering the, the Democratic convention and the Republican convention. There are two Democrats and one Republican are the founders. So uh, they're trying to get discussion coming from all directions as well as coverage from from different perspectives. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. That was a story in the Arkansas online website. Also, audiobooks. Uh, is the audiobook market going to be expanding? Well, according to Neiman Lab, Spotify is looking to hire ahead of their audiobooks. So, if they're going looking to hire ahead of their audiobooks, line their audiobooks i don't know what to call it because they don't as of right now i don't think they have any audiobooks so perhaps spotify is going to get into the audiobooks business we know they've gone into podcasting very heavily they've started going into video podcasting perhaps audiobooks are next for spotify and finally, I saw this, uh, our friend Eddie Garrison in his Digital Meteor Media Creator Academy posted that Facebook page messages will now be available in Messenger, which means basically you don't have to go to that Pages Manager app, which I never really use anyway. So I only check my page, ma page messages when I'm online. Uh, on, on, a, on a web browser, now in your phone's messenger, you can toggle back and forth between your personal messages that are sent to your personal profile and those messages sent to your page. So that is uh, a very positive development. I know a lot of people using StreamYard are on Facebook Live and stream to their Facebook page. Now when you get those messages after a live stream, wherever you are, you can check them on your phone easily right in Messenger. We talked a little bit about it the last couple of weeks, PodFest Global Expo, uh, PodFest Expo's Global Summit was going for the record of the largest attendance for a one-week virtual podcast conference last week. StreamYard was one of the sponsored sponsors. They sponsored the video track, uh, the Vid Summit portion of PodFest, and PodFest did achieve that record title. I had the honor of speaking at VidFest, and I talked about monetizing your podcast with video and one of the aspects that I discussed was the opportunities with Amazon for audio and video creators. Amazon is the number three search engine. You want to get into the Amazon ecosystem and start carving out some space for yourself on Amazon. Not only can you go live on Amazon, but podcasts are coming to Amazon on Amazon Music and perhaps on Audible, the audiobook branch of Amazon as well. I would definitely recommend distributing your podcast there as well. Get in that Amazon ecosystem, definitely. So PodFest was a great event, and thanks again to StreamYard for being one of the uh, awesome sponsors of that event. 
And uh, I had a great time there and enjoyed my talk and doing a couple meetups as well. Uh, another event that I've been involved in over the last several months, this one uses StreamYard. He actually produces with StreamYard. That's Tim Gillette's Simple Easy Marketing Virtual Events. He does one every month. This month's event was on monetizing. And I talked about the portfolio method, which is the way I approach closing warm leads, using my social accounts, my live streaming content to close warm leads. And so I actually, just before the presentation, Googled myself in a private browser to see what would come up. And one of the top entries that came up was my Facebook personal profile. If somebody goes to my personal and clicks that link, I've also optimized all the areas where you fill in. You can fill in your career history and your work and your links. Do that stuff because when somebody's not signed into Facebook, that may be what they see. And it becomes really like a resume uh, your personal Facebook profile, believe it or not. So again, a good link for me. I'm happy with that. So just a reminder to fill out your bios on your social media, including on your personal Facebook profile. You never know who's checking them out as a way to decide if you're somebody they might want to work with or hire. On the other hand, I had a result that came up that I initially thought was good, but turned out to not be exactly what I wanted. Now, here's where I was horrified, okay? So YouTube came up. I should have been thrilled at this, right? And I first was because I thought, oh, my YouTube channel's there. I'm, I might get some, some extra subscribers to my YouTube channel. How exciting is that? No, it didn't work that way. That isn't my Livestream Universe YouTube channel, the channel that I post my videos and that I'm, you know, very active on and is a part of my online portfolio. It's a part of my digital resume. Instead, what came up was a separate Ross brand YouTube channel with my, my name that I had started before I even created Livestream Universe. I don't want that. So I have to consider maybe I take that channel offline altogether or maybe I put together playlists on that channel that highlight the best stuff from my primary YouTube channel. So thanks to Tim Gillette for having me and also using StreamYard and promoting StreamYard as part of his simple, easy marketing virtual events. And that's where that was from. If you want to check out Tim's events, he does one every month. It's simple, easy events dot com simple easy events dot com this is StreamYard connect i'm ross brand great to have you with us we're talking about how to build a profitable online business and let's bring in our guest kim doyle is the co-author of the content creators planner hosts the kim doyle show podcast she started her online business in 20 in 2008 and has been growing and creating great content ever since. Her 
motto is everything is content. She also has uh, some other great sayings like just show up and she hosts just show up TV using StreamYard. And also, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it is another favorite Kim Doyle sayings that always sticks with me. Uh, She has a content traffic Kickstarter free course you can check that out at contenttraffickickstarter.com and she's the founder of the content creators group it's a facebook group that is a, a really a great place to talk about content creation content marketing with uh, a great group of people who are involved in doing that and other than that not much going on with kim doyle these past <laughs> few years welcome kim What's up, Ross? Thanks for having me here. <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Um, talk a little bit about the Content Creators Planner, and then we'll get into your story as far as how you went about building your business. But the Content Creators Planner is a really remarkable uh, book or digital or Trello. There's so many different versions. Tell us a little bit about it and uh, what makes it unique, why you came up with it. Yeah, well, this is the actual planner. It's a physical planner. So, you know, the the idea for this came about because I, every single time I went to create content, I was going back to pen and paper. And more from a strategy and framework, not like if I wanted to write a blog post, I don't handwrite it. Um, but it was just like I found myself really every single time I planned, I went back to start, middle, end, that type of a thing. And so I got into the planner came about to solve a problem that I was having. And I, I'll do this quick little story. S- some people are familiar with the bullet journal and I had gotten a bullet journal in the spring of 2018 and he's got a whole system and process for journaling. And I started using it and it's, it's a little bit too structured for me. I sort of like to have gentle structure in my life, but I fell back in love with pen and paper. And so I was testing things and like, I don't a scrapbook store way back when. So I've always been this creative pen and paper person. And I posted, I did a couple little tests. So I loved, I fell in love with the, the actual physical book of the journal. I loved the dot grid on the pages. I was using colored pens again. So I took a couple photos with my phone and I shared them as Instagram stories. And I started using the bullet journal, you know, like one day I'd be planning out funnels. The next day I was like, what do I want my life to look like? Next day I was doodling. It didn't matter. But I, so I took three photos and the first and the third photo, I just posted with a few hashtags. The second photo though, I, I use the hashtag journaling and I went from like 500 views on the first story to over, I mean, 40 to 50 views on the first story to over 500 when I use the hashtag journaling. And I was like, there's something here. And so so then, and it was like in the third one was like another 50 or whatever. So then I went down this whole journaling rabbit hole. It's like this underground world, Ross. Like there are people that have like a million subscribers on YouTube because they share their journaling spreads and they're doodling. And there's all these different types of formats, whether it's a Mm -hmm. PDF or you can, you know, an interactive iPad one. Anyways, long story short, I reached out to my business partner, Jody, in the summer of 2018. She's a graphic designer. I'm like, can I hire you or you want to do this? Cause I don't know Adobe InDesign. <laughs> she was like, yes. Uh, and four months later we launched a failed Kickstarter. Um, but we pivoted to selling it off our site. We pre-funded the whole thing with sales and it's just been this crazy rocket ship of a ride, um, to scaling this business, this product, this brand it's, it's been fantastic. 
Wow. You know, one of the things that stands out about it, and there are a lot, as you said, there are a lot, there's a whole world of journals and journaling and calendars, and uh, there's a lot of no-content books that are basically a beautiful cover, and then inside you go about making it what you wish. Mm -hmm. If you think that this is just like a glorified calendar or some lines to write on, let me just put up this this graphic of some of what you can do I- inside um, inside of the planner, and that is you can track your statistics of your social outreach. Um, just a, a, I just pulled out a few of the ways you can track sales, you can track email marketing campaigns, and the success of that. You can track your website and how you're doing as far as traffic goes and where that traffic is coming from. And that's just a part of it. There is the sheet that I had up before. I don't know how easy it was to see on the video, but you can organize by content type what you want to create, when you want to create it, uh, which channels you want to go out on. Uh, There's so many different aspects of this. It really is an all-in-one solution for managing your your content creation outreach i guess you could say (laughs) well that was the point of it ross is we wanted it to have it's a framework it's it's so we can take the framework and put it in trello or digital or physical it doesn't matter but we wanted people to think through their content you know like i like gary v but the answer is not always more content so to have a strategy and say i'm creating this because it, we start with, here are my business goals. Here's the content I can create to support it. What's the call to action so I can create that relationship with a potential subscriber or customer? And then what am I going to offer them for sale? Like every, it, It's that simple. Everything has to come back to that place. And here my heart, like my everything is content. Sometimes I create content because I feel a need to share and or, right. or I'm inspired by something or I've learned something invaluable. So like I don't necessarily think that everything has to be you know, this, this diehard SEO strategy and whatever, all of this comes into play. There's tons of different types of content. And I really believe that you're going to succeed at the content you enjoy doing the most, but you have to do it. (laughs) But we wanted to give people a framework so that they were like, Oh, my content should be delivering sales. The end goal of our content is traffic leads and sales, right? Right, right. We're talking with Kim Doyle of the Content Creators Planner, the Kim Doyle Show podcast, and we're going to get into her remarkable story in just a few minutes. I want to say hello to some friends uh, who are coming over, who I met along the way in PodFest and other events. I see Alexander Perez is here. Good to see you, Al. Uh, Anita Sonia is here. Sandy Hill. Meg Glessner, um, Andrew Cavanaugh, Jazzy K. Ward. Thank you, everybody. Carlos Contreras, great to see you all. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. If you're watching on Facebook Live, it's easy to share it out. Just click that share button, let people know that we are live. I'm so happy to see all of you and keeping that relationship going that we have established at virtual events so much good stuff going on virtually to keep people connected kim let's go back to the beginning when you said okay i'm going to become an entrepreneur i'm not going to work for anybody but myself how did that come about and how did you eventually get started online 
Well, I, you know what? I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel this, Ross, but like I always had this bent in me that there was something else I was supposed to do with my life. I just did. I opened a physical retail scrapbook store in 1998, ran that for two years as a business partner. I've done some contract recruiting. I tried all the MLMs and network, not all of them, but I tried that space too, was not for me. I just knew there was something else I was supposed to do with my life. And I was widowed in 2003. My husband was uh, killed in a car accident. My kids were little. I kept working full time. And in 2008, like I had a little bit of a cushion, but in the meantime, I would say between that 2003, 2008 window, like I was always pursuing stuff. Like I wanted to do speaking, hence a podcast, right? I, I want, there's all these different things I wanted to do. And I just kept searching. And, and this is for anybody listening. Like it is, I, I, it would be so great if we had this lightning bolt that came to us and it's like, this is your purpose. And I think that happens for some people, but I just knew I, it had to do with creativity and, and, and connecting with people. And so in 2008, like I said, I had a little bit of a cushion mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm going all in. And I had been listening to, like, I'm a big audiophile also, which is why I love podcasts. Right. CDs in the car, that type of thing. And I had listened to a Mark Victor Hansen. It was Grow Your Mega Speaking Empire, right? He did this. He's one of the founders of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And he did this live event, sold the CD set. I bought the CD set. One of the sessions was with an internet marketer. And I was like, huh, this is hmm. really interesting. I had also gone in 2006 to a live event in San Francisco. It was uh, the Learning Annex. I don't even know if they're around anymore. Here's the funny thing. The keynote speakers were Trump. Robert Kiyosaki and Johnny Robbins. Uh, but we went to this little offshoot. I remember you know, those advertisements for right? the three of them in the New York uh, the wealth, learning it was the wealth expo. The real estate wealth expo is what it was, <laughs> which was, oh, I also I also tried real estate. I got my my realtor's license and an insurance license. So you see what I mean? Like right. I tried all those things, way too dry for me. Um, but, but in the meantime, we went to one of those breakout sessions and the breakout session was a guy doing internet marketing mm -hmm. and he was making like eight grand a month selling little eBooks on this and that. And I was like, wow. I, mean, I could do that. Right. <laughs> Mind you, I was not technical. I was like, how do you attach something to an email? I was, my husband was super technical. Right. And anyways, I, I decided when I got had this cushion that I was like, I'm going to do this. And I signed up for a, God, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a social media course. It was like a 15 week course or God, it was three or four months. I don't remember, but it was a $1,500 course. And you know, at that time in 2008, nobody was buying info products, right? Just right. me and my CD sets that came in the mail. <laughs> um, but, but it was just, and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick right. with it. I'm going to do it. Long story short, I connected with people. That's when I started my Facebook account, my Twitter account, all that. And I just, I, honestly, Ross, I stuck with it. I fell in love with WordPress. Next thing you know, I'm the WordPress chick. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and I started hiring people to help me. And through the last 12 years, like I went, I ended up doing websites and building websites. Then I had an outsourcing company and then I did coaching. Everything shifted for me in 2013 when I did the WordPress chick podcast, which is my same show, just different brand. And I don't really do a lot of WordPress stuff anymore. Um, but I was having fun. I was like, I literally launched my podcast because I wanted to find, and so it's actually over my podcast. There's probably over 300 episodes total, but it was just branded as the WordPress Chick podcast. Um, but and I, now it's the Kim Doyle show and you're somehow you had to hit 50 lessons in 50 years in episode 51. <laughs> did you think I about like I holding did. off to get it I in the episode 50? I know I could have, but I was like, whatever. You know what's funny? The, the beauty of this, Ross, though, is the longer you do this, you just go, eh, next. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I cannot, I can't beat myself up. I don't do the judgments about something working perfectly or not working because 
we all deal with it. Right. And, and I continue to show up. Um, but yeah, the podcast worked for me and really helped me find my voice because I was publishing online, like, like my first post, I always say this on the WordPress check. I was like, what robot freaking wrote that? It was like a paragraph. It was <laughs> ugly. And it was like, I work for Microsoft. No offense to, but it was just, it was this very bland, like, do you know what I'm, well, do you know what I'm saying? Like there was corporate speak still in the internet marketing space, this whole, right. you know, be unique and differentiate yourself. It's like the only way we differentiate ourselves is by being ourselves. So, um, yeah, fast forward, you know, I, I did a lot of different things and I kept going. I tried a, a SaaS program product with a friend and it was a year and a half and we both had a lot of personal stuff going on in between, but it was like, we opened it and then it was like, this thing's going to work. We shut it like two months later. Right. In the meantime, every single time I follow my gut, I had launched content creators like a year and a half mm -hmm. earlier um, because I was like, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with the personal brand. I, I needed to get out of the WordPress web space. Um, I still use WordPress and love it, but it was just, that's not me. And, um, you know, it's just one thing led to another. And then I had this crazy idea for a planner and it's like, I, I feel like I've come home right. with content marketing. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So here's what I'm hearing in, in your story that stands out to me from just, just from what you've said so far. And one is you have a huge appetite and ability to take in a lot of information and then understand it and keep what you need and discard the rest because the amount of content, I mean, I just know from talking to you offline, you're like, Oh, I read this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and then I'll talk about something else that you're doing. You're like, Oh yeah, I read this, 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 I took this course and you know, now I figured this out or whatever. So you've got to, you know, really you're great at being able to consume a large amount of content, find the time to do it, do it while you're, is it multitasking? How are you able to do that while also staying focused on your, day to day before you get to the point of implementing some of those lessons. Well, you know what? It, it's, it's funny. Like I just, I wish I was as much of a voracious learner in school, like, mm -hmm. but, but it, when you, when you enjoy something, we love learning about it. I, I just do. It gets me excited. I am sort of this, um, I don't know, complete optimist and it gives me hope and possibility. So the, the timing of that, I treat all of that stuff like my playtime. I mm -hmm. allow myself an hour and a half in the morning when I get to my desk to read emails and go to certain websites and, and pay attention. I probably my most favorite format to consume content is audio because mm -hmm. I go for walks or drives or whatever, or even playing with my dogs. I've got like, I literally am the most obnoxious consumer shopping because I always have AirPods in. It makes, I'm, I'm a much kinder person because I'm not paying attention to other people. Um, I'm just like in my happy place, you know? So it's just one of those things, Ross. And there are times I have to go back a couple of times. There's books that I've really, that I've reread, like Expert Secrets, Russell Brunson. Mm -hmm. Every marketer should read that. It's because it, to me, like it hit, I don't know. It really hit this space of, it's all this kind of behind the scenes work that you do that maybe everybody else doesn't see, but it makes everything else work. Like I went mm -hmm. back to fundamentals probably right. four or five years ago. Um, I don't, I just love it, Ross. It's, I love it. And I've also, I'm at a place in my life, maybe it's because I hit 50 this year, but I, I'm trying to remove as much judgment from how much I do or don't produce. I've right. stopped doing the whole, hi guys, sorry, you haven't heard from me in a while. No, I'm, I just get back. I just keep going. <laughs> just keep right, going. Right. And, and so it's a joy for you to, to it's more like playtime than it is, oh my mm -hmm. God, I got to listen to this other book or listen to this other, 
you know, podcast about how to do something. Like, for you, it's the best way to go about your day when you're not at your desk. It is. And can I just say this really quick? Mm -hmm. So, I jokingly, and I'm going to swear, but it's not a horrible word. Okay. Jody and I keep joking around. We're like, this shit works, right? We've both been in this space for a long mm -hmm. time. Here's a perfect story is I just launched uh, this list explosion course and it wasn't like this huge launch, but for me, it was like a, a workshop I had done. I went deeper. I needed to get it out, get some people in there, get testimonials, but I followed. I love uh, Ramit Sethi is one mm -hmm. of the marketers. I love his content. I, I just think he's a super smart guy. Um, and so I had bought his breakthrough launch course a year ago, a year ago. Right. I really only try to buy things that are relevant to what I'm working on at this point. Right. But I, j I went through over and over again, literally like parts of this, the second module on the email sequences that he uses. And I went in and I was like, I'm going to understand the psychology behind the headlines and the subject or whatever. Oh my God, it works. Like I, I, I didn't follow it totally to the T in terms of like, here's the, here's the two weeks. Here's the days I send it. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do this last chance email. Never, all of that stuff was beyond my comfort level. It's really easy for me right. to show up and create content in my own voice, but the marketing and the copy side, long story short, six sales on a Friday night, right? And then Saturday, I, I'm using a new platform. I hadn't closed the cart correctly. Three more sales. I was like, the shit works. <laughs> it was just, right. so it's, it's, there's something about mastery of the fundamentals and getting better at the stuff you do well that has gotten me really excited at this stage of my life. One of the great things when I discovered your content and then I signed up for your email list back when you were the WordPress chick <laughs> is first of all, I liked how you did your podcast because you just kind of, you shared good insights about marketing or WordPress or whatever you were talking about, but you did it in the, in the cause of telling like in the, in the, path of telling stories the good advice came out but you would talk as though you were talking to a friend about what was happening and i found it just like a really engaging podcast at a time where i wasn't really listening to that many podcasts and then i subscribed to your email list and the thing that stood out was reading your email list was like listening to your podcast it's like i could hear the same it was it was so consistent um, and I know you talked about in that 50 lessons in 50 years for your, for your birthday reflection that writing is such an essential skill to doing online business. And can you talk about like how you develop that style to write like you're talking? Because it's something I had to learn a little bit to do to work in radio. Um, but I don't think I've ever gotten my email or my business, uh, or copywriting to sound like the person who hosts the show today. <laughs> well, this is not going to be like a very exciting answer, Ross, mm -hmm. but it was practice. And right. what it was, it started with the podcast because I will do a solo show and then an interview and a solo show. Mm -hmm. And because of the way I talk, my personality, like I had tend to go all over the place. I have to write those shows out first. I don't read them at all, but I need to keep myself on point. And it, I, I just, I literally started the podcast because I wanted to have more fun. And so I had no expectations or attachments to it. So it was very easy to let go of what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's kind of like, that's the only way I knew how to write. Like I never could, I, I will right. probably never call myself a copywriter. And it wasn't really until launching 
the planner, to be honest with you, that I've really started paying attention to a headline and does this solve a problem for them or is that evoking emotion and whatnot? And then it was, I, I tested doing a daily email, what I called my almost daily emails. I watched uh, another marketer do it for probably a year. I read and consumed his emails and I'm like, I just need to do this for myself. So every single time I let go of the expectation, it tends to do well. Novel right, idea, right. right? But I was like, I'm just going to show up and do this for myself every day. And I practiced and I started and, and I could feel like it's that story style email where you tell a little bit of a story, it pivots, it twists, and then there's a call to action, whether it's to read something, a podcast, a product offer, whatever it is. And it could mm -hmm. just be a value. It doesn't matter. But it was literally just through practice, Ross. I wish there was a, a, a better way to say that. And then through practicing, it's like reading Anne Hanley and everybody writes. And if you pay attention to what you like to consume it, and you start testing in your own voice, it's harder to try to be somebody else than it is yourself, right, hands right. down. You know, so it was just through practice, to be honest with you. Right, right. We're talking with Kim Doyle, the author of The Content Creator's Planner and also the host of the Kim Doyle Show podcast. I uh, just want to say welcome to Dr. Tachi is here. Great to see you. Tony Barbarino is here and Tim Gillette is here. Uh, we talked about Tim earlier. Uh, Kim, let's take a look back now. You're you're doing you're doing the WordPress chick. That's your online Shtick. persona, <laughs> right? You've gone all in on WordPress. You've got clients that you're helping build websites, and uh, you're known for WordPress. Even as you're starting to break out and be able to help people with a lot of different areas of online marketing at some point you decided and i think this is would be scary for a lot of people maybe it was scary for you maybe it wasn't but you decided to rebrand and mm -hmm. you decided that the wordpress chick wasn't going to be here anymore and you were going to become kim doyle and you were going to focus on content not web development or web design or or web optimization what went into that and and how did you go about making that change so that you didn't lose your old audience entirely, but you were able to grow a whole new community out of it as well? Well, you know, for the one thing, and I don't know how I had the foresight with this, Ross, but like all my social channels were always Kim Doyle. For some, mm -hmm. somehow I knew not to do branded as the WP chick or the WordPress chick. Um, and I wasn't like people knew Kim Doyle was the WordPress chick. So it wasn't mm -hmm. that hard. And the validation started when I did the podcast because like I, I to do a solo show, if someone's willing to listen to me talk for an hour about something like that's kind of my ideal audience, my tribe, and I would get feedback and I got validation and, and appreciation for the things I shared. And honestly, probably the year plus before I started, before I pivoted the brand switch, I had really been talking primarily about content anyways. Mm -hmm. I just was like, well, I knew I needed to get out of client services. Like I do consulting and coaching on digital business strategy and content, right. but I, I never wanted to be a web developer. I never wanted to hire developers <laughs> and designers. It took on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was truthfully like, this is just a little human moment here. It was like, people got that. Like my family and my parent, everyone was like, oh, okay, you build websites. Nobody right. else gets this anymore. Like my dad finally 12 years later is like, Oh, you sell a book online now because he can physically see the book. Otherwise right, it was like, right. what do you do? Um, you know, so it, it honestly, Ross came from like a deep place in my soul. I was like, 
I, I don't enjoy doing this anymore. And when you mm -hmm. say to yourself, I'd rather get a job than keep doing this, you know, it's time to pivot. Right. And I had just been pulled toward, I'd been creating content. It was, mm -hmm. it was a happy place. I enjoyed doing it. And I don't know, you just, you pull the trigger at a certain point. For me, it was like drawing a line in the sand. I needed to do it. So there's a lot of people creating content. There's a world of content out there, mm -hmm. audio, video, text, images, and, and email, and, and all sorts of things. What advice would you give to somebody who's creating content but wants to now monetize that content in some way? What, what should they do? What have you learned that, like, without doing these few things, you're probably never going to get there unless you go viral for some reason, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, the first thing that I would recommend people do is read uh, story brand by and go through that and create your own story brand. Jody and I spent six hours doing that on a zoom call for the content creators planner, because you have to be solving problems for people. And again, this is not about every piece of content you create. Some of the best content that I have had the most audience engagement and sharing and all of that with has come from a personal story, just something I've overcome, but it connects me to them. But you have to know who you're serving, the problem you're solving, and the results they can get from it. It's it's really not rocket science. And then you have to speak to those points, right? And the, the thing is, like I was saying this earlier, so many people will do something and they launch it or they sell it or they make an offer and it doesn't do what they were hoping, right? It's not the million dollars in 24 hour internet marketing guru <laughs> launch. And so they, they decide it doesn't work. And it's like, but something worked. Can you step back and say, okay, well, I didn't run ads or whatever. I got X amount of people to open the email. Where did they drop off, right? There's so many pieces to this puzzle and you can constantly get better at it and better at it. Here's, you know, Jody and I um, have had follow-up sequences from day one with the planner. We just revisited all of those like three months ago. We rewrote every single one. We created some new and it got a little bit more involved, but we had data. When you look at stuff, mm -hmm. can I, here's a quick little story. I had a great conversation with um, a customer of ours who has this amazing magazine and they have a half a million person email list. And we were talking because she wanted to know, because we've shared that we've had ad agencies. We have fired the second one, mainly because we, we, we know enough, like, right. And it's always the creative that we've done, the targeting, the creative that has worked the best. Anyway, so I was having this great call with this gal yesterday and she was talking about ads and whatnot. And I was like, wait, wait how big is your email list? I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't touch paid ads. I said, I would I would start regular email marketing. I said, they've, these are people that have already taken out, whether it's their wallet to buy the magazine and they have other products or they've given you their name and email. I said, foster those relationships. I said, your email marketing can absolutely pay for your paid traffic. But it's like, go back to these fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So for people listening to this, it's not about a new strategy or a new type of content. It's like, what do you have? Mm -hmm. How is it working? And what's the next step to make it work better? Like everybody wants to go and reinvent it. Like I better buy a course on webinars or I better buy a course on courses or I better figure out live streaming. They all work. They all work. But if you don't have your message right, if you don't have the relationship, the connection, and you're not willing to go back and, and iterate and iterate and iterate, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Right, right. You know, one of the things I think that hold people up from doing email marketing 
Well, there's a few things, right? One is, am I bothering people? Am I emailing them too much? You know, am I sell- maybe I'm selling too much. And then the other one is, a lot of people who are content creators would prefer to create than consume, so they themselves may be subscribers to email lists, but have a bunch piled up in the inbox that they don't read themselves. And so there's that sort of fallacy of thinking, well, everybody's like me. They don't like it either. Um, t- talk about how, how you can get past those, those kind of hangups. Uh, and because what I'm hearing from you is that email marketing is the fundamental of fundamentals. Like that is a, that is, if not a, it's the key to success. Like if you don't build an email list, mm-hmm. you're missing out on maybe the best opportunity when it comes to online business. It is because it's an asset, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can have, you could, if you have a website, which obviously I believe in content and I believe in optimizing right. your content, driving traffic there, but your email list is an asset. And I'm going to just do a little pre-qualifier blanket statement here. I am not right. treating my email list like they're just credit cards. Like I don't believe in that at all. I am such a relationship marketer. But the thing is, like that's truly an asset. If you were to go to sell your business, you're like, well, my website gets this much traffic. Well, how much do you sell off it? Well, you know, but you could say, well, I've got a like, like the friend I talked to yesterday, half a million email list. And if to have data to say, well, we get this percentage of opt-ins, we get this percentage of opens. And for every email we send, we make money. Like that's Mm -hmm. a saleable business. And I'm not saying your goal should be to sell your business, but I I just feel like email marketing is overlooked. Ross, it took me a long time to get here. Like I always had the opt-in, I had the lead magnet. And then it was like once a month, maybe I'd send like a newsletter. You have to find what works for you. But the only way to get over those fears and hangups and judgments is to do it. I wish there was like a better psychological thing. But every time I like I overcome one hurdle and I do it, it's like, okay, that was easy. People are going to unsubscribe. You're going to get stupid responses back. 98% of the emails I get back, whether it's my personal brand or with the planner are like, thanks. This is great. Appreciate it. You know, so it's, it's really simply doing it. I, I wish there was a better way to tell people this and I trust me, I was not comfortable with those last chance email and cart closes tonight. But here's the thing. There is so much data behind the psychology of why people buy or why people take action or what they do. And when you know that you have something of value to sell somebody, you just kind of have to get over yourself. Like you just do. (laughs) I don't stop overthinking it or, you know, we all overthink it. Do it anyway. Right. Right. Now you also have built a very active with, I think more than 10,000 members, Facebook group. It's a Not private quite. group. It's like 6.2. Oh, okay. <laughs> but thanks. Are you, are you open for new people to join or? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The content creators. Oh yeah. Content creators on Facebook. And, and like I said, Joni and I, we're going to do like a reboot and mm-hmm. pl- shift it up. It's just time for some new, some new energy, some new um, engaging content and posts in there and stuff. And it's, the thing is, it's it's happened so organically. I've never been like crazy pushing it, but yeah, yeah, the group is awesome. I love it. I, I think back when you had 150, 200, maybe 400 <laughs> members, you were telling me that I had to get going with a Facebook group or that it would be wise to to do. And of course, I, I still haven't done it. Having had the Facebook group for this long and seeing it grow and 
your, your planner taking off, how important has the Facebook group been to your business? Well, I, I would love to tell you, I'm not a master at like selling in Facebook groups. I'm not mm -hmm. against it by any means. It again was something that I did because I wanted to show the consistency. It was a lot of it was for myself. Like I'm going to show up and engage and connect and be mm -hmm. consistent. I, I sort of do that first, um, but it's it's invaluable because I mean it, it comes up as like the number one group for if you search content creation. I think oftentimes right. it does, and so now this is you know Ross when you and I were talking offline a few weeks back, and it's like when you know better, you do better. So now I've got data and I've got all of this other stuff behind me from you know three and a half years ago when I started that group, and it's like okay, now how can we over deliver even more? And how can we mm -hmm. scale this a little bit better? It's it's simply sticking with stuff and course correcting and right. testing and tweaking. It's it's brilliant. I, I And trust me, like I was, there's been times where it's like, oh God, but I'm consistent with the posting. There are times where I've had personal stuff going on and I've been quiet. I've got friends that help me moderate the group and the group kind of runs itself sort of. Um, right. People engage. How about general social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn? How much time or energy do you devote to that compared to some of the other things that we've talked about? Not a lot, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I share all my content there. I, uh, I'm, I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. Like I said, I'd like to do YouTube. I'm thinking of kind of jumping back in with that, but I will not do it without saying, how can I be consistent with this? How can I, how can I provide value? How can mm -hmm. this be fun for me? So again, I'm sure that there's stuff there that, you know, we do it with the planner, everything gets shared. We have a, a social media person for content creators planner that helps us manage the posting and whatnot. Um, I don't know, you know, it's like I, what tends to work is the good old fashioned stuff, like just sticking with it showing up where you can engage. Like even with this course I just did, I'm like, look, mm -hmm. when you go to, to whether it's launch something free or paid or whatever, pick the platforms where you can stick with it and be, you know, engage in or get really good at one or two platforms before you jump into something else. I, you know, and that'll probably just always be how I do it. I'll always be everywhere, but my engagement is where like I'm on Facebook the most mm -hmm. truly. What have you dropped from your content creation repertoire where over the years you've said, you know, that just doesn't really do anything to move the needle or even I've seen it not, not only didn't it do for me, but it probably didn't do, it's not doing for a lot of the other people I've watched either. Is there something or a few things that you've, that you used to do that you said, you know, no, I'm not spending any more time on that. It's not producing any results. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I, I wish no, Ross, to be honest, mm -hmm. I, I really think it all works. And I tend to stick with the stuff that I enjoy. I will tell you, like, I just blatantly honest here, like my podcast has been through some ups and downs, you know, last year, I lost my mom. And it was like, I just didn't care about I'm like, whatever, but I built up enough of an audience and trust that I was like, okay, I, I'm getting back to it. I'm redoing my site right now. And so I'm going to do a new post for, uh, excuse me, new intro for the podcast. I love podcasting. What I'll tell you is I need it to be easier, right? Mm -hmm. I've done this for a long time and I don't know that I'll stick with the every other solo interviews. It, it may be like six episodes of just me and they may be shorter episodes. I'm going to do it in a way though, that works for how I want my life to look. I back into everything. Like, what do I want my life to look like? Right. What do I want my life to look like? I, I need a lot of white space mm -hmm. to, to create. So no, 
because I honestly like LinkedIn's a perfect example. I know LinkedIn works great for people. Does nothing for me. I don't get excited about it. <laughs> I connect with people on there. I share my content on there. I am never ever spending time on Twitter. I've got 22,000 mm -hmm. followers on Twitter. I share my content. I just, it was just never, I don't know, just didn't grab me. And so, you know, I just stick with what works for me. Right. That's it. The website is kimdoyle.com. The book is Content Creators Planner. The Facebook group is Content Creators. And the podcast is The Kim Doyle Show. And the one thing we haven't mentioned really is you do a live stream show on using StreamYard where you interview experts and people with cool products and things. Talk a little bit about what you're doing with, with live streaming. Well, it's coming back into that. Like the Just Show Up TV is kind of where that's going to be going. <laughs> it, again, it, it's just, you know, but but really it's, and this is kind of, so the content is pivoting a little bit. This mm -hmm. is where I'm like fine tuning this, Ross, is that I have two brands that both talk about content marketing. How do you not cannibalize one for the other, right? So I really feel like the planner brand is the strategy, the framework, Kim mm -hmm. Doyle is sort of that intangible, like helping people to show up, helping them to realize that they can tell stories and put themselves in their content and how that creates connection. So I don't have a definitive answer for you, but right. it will be on StreamYard and it is going to be just show up TV. And I, I'm just, I'm excited. You know, it, it's been a rough few years, to be honest, personally. Mm -hmm. And to be on the other side of that and like ready to go, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm, right. I'm just super grateful. Well, congratulations on all your success with the planner and your business. It's it's great seeing this all come to be and seeing you go through that transition <laughs> from the WordPress chick to Kim Doyle, content creator, content creators, planner, co-author. Uh, where should people go if they want to connect with you or they want to check out your content? Uh, KimDoyle.com or ContentCreatorsPlanner.com either. And all of my social handles are Kim Doyle and that's D-O-Y-A-L. I always feel like I need to say that. Um, yeah. So I'm not hard to find or the, or the Facebook group. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Kim. KimDoyle.com. Check her out. She is uh, amazing, an amazing resource for learning all things about content and content creation. This is the time in the show. This is StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. This is the time in the show we do the remix. Last week we had Jeff Bradbury on, the founder of TeacherCast, and he talked about some of the challenges that teachers face as well as parents and students during the pandemic. Where would you start if you were putting a program together for a virtual classroom? Really for teachers, it comes down to what do your what does your um, school district already have in place for you. We all understand rules like student privacy. You can't mm -hmm. just go and grab an app and stick it in front of your kids and say, go. Right. You need to make sure that you're using applications that are sanctioned by your school district. Perhaps that the, the app developers themselves, the companies have signed what we call acceptable use policies, essentially saying, I'm not going to take your students' data and move it. And so for that, I always suggest look at your district. What do they have? What do they recommend? What do they support? What works well for their systems? I've seen a lot of teachers go out and try that shiny apple only to realize on their Gmail side it works, but on their school side, there's things that are blocked and it, it just doesn't work. Mm.
And you can catch the replay of all StreamYard Connect episodes on the StreamYard Facebook page, facebook.com slash StreamYard app. And that's where you can catch the today's episode. If you missed any of it, go back and check out the replay. Kim Doyle was tremendous. We uh, really learned a lot, I believe, about content creation, but more so about building a successful business around content and your expertise and building community the whole Kim's got the whole package together and it's it's just so cool to see her success in online business thank you everybody for joining us don't forget we've got other shows here on StreamYard every Sunday night the co-founders Gage Vandentop and Dan Briggs go live 9 p.m. Eastern it's the StreamYard Town Hall you can find that on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube, on Periscope, which means it's on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And then Thursday nights, it's StreamYard Spotlight with Dana Bentz and Kelsey Bentz. And they interview you. They interview StreamYard users and spotlight what you're doing with the platform on the StreamYard Spotlight. Find that on the StreamYard Facebook page. And then come back next week, next Wednesday. We're starting year two of StreamYard Connect. Every Wednesday we'll be on for quite a while. Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Find us on Facebook Live on the StreamYard Facebook page. We may be going to some different destinations next time, but you'll find us across social media as well. And thanks again for being a part of the show. And thanks to Kim Doyle, our guest. Have a great week, everybody.